0: Toastmasters Whoopie Toastmasters listeners and friends you're very welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers here on irishtalkers.com you can send us an email to info at irishtalkers.com or you can put a message on our Facebook page the Talk Show for Talkers but do bear in mind that we're all old here and we don't spend very much time on facebook so it's best to send us an email and we welcome all your contributions on your emails because it gives us something to do this week is our interview week and we have a very special guest this week i shall hand over to james finnegan he of the jolly james or is it fiduciary finnegan i haven't decided this week but we'll, we'll think about that. James is going to introduce our guest. Over to you, James.:
1: Well, thank you very much, Moira. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to listen to Jerry Dunn give a webinar, one of the District 71 Wednesday webinars, about his role as conflict resolution chair for District 71. And it was an absolutely fascinating topic, because Jerry brings a whole range of experience. At the same time, I was doing a parliamentary procedures course, and it was amazing how the two dovetail because you can't have one without the other. So let me introduce a distinguished and experienced resolution conflict resolver, our friend and colleague, Jerry Dunn. Jerry, you're very welcome to the talk show for talkers. Hello there, James. Thanks for having me. Jerry, what does the chair of the conflict resolution do? Well, ideally, as little as possible.
2: When I first discussed this with the, the district leadership team, because I thought that my experience with mediation might help in some way, it, it was more of a general conversation about mediation style of conflict resolution. I mean, when I joined Toastmasters, the idea that there would be conflicts to resolve was just bizarre. You know, this is supposed to be a fun thing, a hobby for people. But of course, whenever human beings are involved, the possibility of conflict is there. So the district director, Elizabeth Jordan, asked if I would present a couple of webinars and and also help advise, I think, when conflicts do arise in the district. But ideally, and I know you mentioned the parliamentary procedures, ideally, we don't want any conflicts to get to the level where they have to be resolved by parliamentary procedures. And the idea that we're thinking about this year is really to try and resolve any potential conflicts, even even before they become conflicts, because as, as leaders uh, of clubs and, and areas and divisions, if we can spot the ingredients for conflict there, if we can head them off at that stage, that is infinitely preferable to allowing them to go to the district level and you know, I've done a lot of mediations for sheriff courts around Scotland, and the equivalent of that is is going back to court when really the dispute is is out of the hands of the of the parties involved. So we want to, and and the other thing about resolving without going to court or the arbitration of the district is that people can perhaps be there can be a relationship between the the former disputants, if you like, afterwards. Once there's a a judgment from on high—it's very difficult for those relationships
1: to recover. You're very much like insurance, Jerry. You hope you never need it, but it's always there just in <laughs> case. <laughs> it's, it's,
2: but the difference is my rates
1: don't go up every year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and praise be for that, Jerry. Praise be <laughs> for that. You mentioned there briefly that it's also your day job with the with the Scottish courts. Well, it's not really. It's
2: not really a day job. the The, the mediation service is is run by uh, people working part time, almost volunteers, you might call them. And and we were volunteers for many years, <laughs> but it, it it's not it's not my it's not my day job, and it wasn't my day job before, but it was something I did alongside my day job. And of course, um, it's not every day that mediation is
1: required in, in every part of the country. You made an interesting comment during your webinar, and I strongly recommend that people have a look at it. Is that when you find yourself looking through, is it uh, subsection three uh, protocol, protocol protocol three? three, three yeah, yeah <laughs> that uh, you know you've already got. It's already too late.
2: You should know that, James, if you're doing a parliamentarians course.
1: Um,
2: yes, it is. It's almost well, it's it's out of the individual's hands then. That that's that's where we are with that. Of course, you need to have it because for situations which are near to criminal or you know completely inappropriate for Toastmasters, there there, there may be that you have to have a system. And Toastmasters, as an international organization, has to have that in place. But again, as you say, uh, the fewer times we have to use it, the better.
1: Jerry, you describe mediation as finding a midway path that both sides, while they won't get everything that they want, they get enough that they can live with to move on. Is that your aim at the start of every mediation? I know you, you have confidentiality and you're uh, nonpartisan and you're totally independent.
2: Yes, it is. It, it absolutely is. And, and that impartiality is so important. And the mediator has no skin in the game except to see the parties come to some sort of resolution. And uh, you, rightly, you say that the, the most likely outcome involves neither side getting everything they want, but often in disputes, and, and you know, I, I, I gave a well-known example of that, because the parties haven't necessarily been listening to each other, who would have thought that could happen in Toastmasters? Uh, they, they sometimes mean different things from the dispute. You know, quite often one party is only looking for an apology. So although compromise is, is what you might expect, it's not always the case. And 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 sometimes sometimes the the dispute can be resolved by both parties getting most of what they want.
1: Well I just wanna say Jerry that I'm very sorry for whatever it is I said or did or thought about doing. Uh, James, we're not going to fall out over this. <laughs> not in the slightest. Tell me, Jerry, what brought you to Toastmasters in the first place? Well, really, the situation was, you mentioned, my
2: day job. The company I was working for was doing so badly in, in the 2006 that I thought I should really do something to prepare for my next job. And um, it's not often, I'm sure this gets mentioned in uh, the talk show for talk- for talkers, but I was doing a little bit of hospitality for Clyde football club in Scotland. So I was doing a bit of speaking in public. So I thought maybe that's an area, maybe I should develop that and it will help me to get my next job. I joined Toastmasters and you know, this is a correlation, not necessarily causation, but the business started to pick up. and, And in the end, I stayed with that company until I retired last year. So, as I say, a lot of people, the Toastmasters helps them to get the job that they wanted. But in my case, it actually kept me in the job that uh, I wanted to stay in. But, isn't but then I'm still a member, so I must have got something else out of it. And, and what club are you a member of, Jerry? Well, the club that I joined in 2006, and I'm still a member of them, is Glasgow Toastmasters. But, uh, James, and uh, guess this might have happened to you. You do get sucked into other clubs. And uh, during the pandemic, you meet friends overseas, or so join a couple of other clubs as well. But Glasgow Toastmasters, I've been a member since since two thousand and six.
1: Wow! And how many clubs are you a member of now, Jerry? <laughs> well, I was hoping you wouldn't get to that. I'm a member of four clubs. So, um,
2: as I, um, as as knows, I'm a member of Toastmasters for Golf, which is a, an online club, and um, there's a clue in the name. <laughs> Most, but not all, the members are, are interested in golf. I'm a member of another club in Glasgow, Southside Speakers, and then I'm not sure how it happened, but I'm also a member of Advanced Communicators in Greenville, South Carolina. Well wow. <laughs> Yes, that's, that's what I often say to myself.
1: Well, we all did that during the pandemic. We all handed off with the number of times I'd bump into Elizabeth Jordan at three o'clock in the morning. What? The- yeah, at, at, a, at, a, at an online club in Albuquerque or somewhere oh, like that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, what has been the biggest Toastmaster challenge for you, Jerry? Well, it's,
2: it's one that I failed because the first few years I was a member, I desperately wanted to avoid getting on the committee. And, uh, you know, I, I tried to, everything I could to try and avoid it. But eventually, I was tricked into it. Uh, somebody said, look, uh, we need a VPPR, um, uh, you know, let, you and I can share it. And, uh, you know, that person then agreed to do that against my better judgment. And then that person left the club and went back to South Africa. So I was left with that. And then, well, I don't know, I was on the committee for years after
1: that. I, and, and I'm on the committee now somehow. But um, that's, job. that's what can happen. It's a bit drastic when they go to South Africa to, to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I will say is that, that leadership part of
2: Toastmasters, you know, I mentioned that the business picked up. I think that, although I joined Toastmasters to, to be a better speaker and, and communicator and interviewee potentially, but the leadership definitely helped me to be a better manager, leader in, in my workplace. And the reason I say that is that it is a voluntary organization. It's voluntary for everybody. So you really cannot do what a lot of people in the workplace say, you know, do this because I say so. If you can't persuade people to do it because it's a good idea, then they just won't do it. So I was able, I think, to bring some of that to my, my own workplace. And funnily enough, the, the mediation also played into that because although um, it, it wasn't my job, I was mediating on a regular basis and I was able to use some of those skills in the workplace as well so um, so the, 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 those things came together at that point. But I would say it's, the reason I became, somebody said somebody said to me to appeal to my sense of guilt um, the communication side is what you get from Toastmasters, the leadership is what you give to Toastmasters. So eventually I thought having been in and avoided the committee roles for a few years and uh, well everybody has to take their time
1: but i think you raise an interesting point there jerry in that there's such a dovetail between the skills that you learn in toastmasters and applying it to outside toastmasters that it actually all melds in together quite nicely
2: yes i think so and and probably particularly in the leadership side i mean i think i think communication helps as well certainly helps with presentations i mean i think we all understand that business presentations tend to set a pretty low bar. So the the skills you learn in communication will also help you in that way. But
1: under the radar, the leadership skills will help you in a a different way, perhaps a deeper way. Well, Jerry, I think you're doing yourself a little disservice as well because you're no stranger to the the final stages of contests. I mean, I seem to remember a speech called Superman. (laughs) I guess I remember that.
2: Well, <laughs> <But> listen, <clears throat> James, the, the mind of my incompetence has some pretty rich, rich seams in it. <laughs> and uh, I think that that speech was centered around an incident that happened when I was cutting my, my lawn, yes. And, um, you know, probably the opposite of Superman. But, uh, yeah, but obviously then it, it wasn't so much the, the injury I I I'm not, I don't want to go into detail in case people are feeling squeamish, but uh, yes, the um, I suppose it it was not so much the incident itself as as the aftermath of what happened. Somebody said to me once um, that writing the speeches that you need to give at Toastmasters helps you to work out in your own mind because the things you remember are things that are obviously important to you in some ways. So the so so when you have to talk about it, then. It helps you organize your own thoughts. And uh, a couple of things have happened that writing the speech has actually changed my own, my own view about it. But the, the contests have given me something. And I think this is a little bit of an issue for Toastmasters when people, you know, as it was, finish their 40th speech or complete a couple of paths. What do they do then? I don't really want to get involved with the district leadership team. I don't want to do that. But so what is there? So contest really gave me something else to, to aim for. And I didn't, didn't really compete until 2019, but it's been, it's been very, very interesting. And uh, I, I would recommend it to anyone, as long as they're not too
1: good, of course. <laughs> <laughs> is that what keeps you coming back then? The, there's always a new challenge or there's always a new direction you can go or there's always a new interpretation you can make?
2: Well, I think, I don't think the clubs that I go to are particularly unique, but uh, I always, those kinds of meetings are generally entertaining. So you, 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 you know, you'll, you'll be able to have a laugh or discover something new or uh, something important. And so I, I always get something. The, the way the meetings fall actually fits in with my wife's schedule as well. That's important. So um, she does something in, on uh, on a Tuesday night, and so do I, and that that kind of works for both of us. So it works, but but apart from that, as I say, I think I always get something out of the meetings, and um, it, it's all it's always interesting to see people who come into a club struggling to put two or three words together, very very nervous, and then in
1: a relatively short space of time, blossoming into something else. Well, I'm glad you mentioned about your wife, Jerry, because my wife is the lady captain at Tralee Golf Club, and right. one of the great virtues of Toastmasters and golf is that they don't coincide at all, apart from, of course, both of your membership of Toastmasters for golf, which is either our extent of hell or something to be avoided at all times. So let's get this straight. Is, is, uh, are you a golfer or is your wife a Toastmaster? My wife is the golfer as to whether I'm the Toastmaster is discussed at least twice a month here at Tralee. Well,
2: well, what what are the selling points of Toastmasters for golf? Because we actually, as, as Moira knows, we actually do meet to play golf. So whereas, and this is no disrespect to any other club that I'm a member of or not a member of, other clubs, people talk about life. Toastmasters for golf, we talk about it and we live it. So uh, I would recommend that if, if your
1: wife has fought shy of Toastmasters, this might be the way in. That's what worries me. That it's all very, it's all very well living life, but when I have to hear about the whole eighteen holes again, that's when it gets <laughs> tricky. <laughs> Tell me, Jerry, you're 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 a wise and an experienced man. I'm uh, no- stop, stop that, James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now putting you in charge of Toastmasters and tomorrow morning you can change anything you want what would you change about Toastmasters? I think I think I would try encourage Toastmasters to find
2: a way to keep as many experienced members in Toastmasters as possible because you know without them I guess this is what I aspire to without them being in an official capacity they can give tremendous support to their clubs, to new members, and but there's no there's no real mechanism. Of course, they can be mentors, but there's um, the, there's definitely a gap. For, for me, the contest helped fill that gap, but there is a gap for experienced members, and I I think if coastmasters could find a way to keep more of them on board, it would be a stronger
1: organisation. Jerry. That's a wonderful way to finish off what's been a fascinating interview. In fact, it's the very epitome of conflict resolution. You found the middle <laughs> way between the two extremes. Thank you so very much for your time. Thank you so very much for your service. No, and at all. Thank Congratulations you. and best wishes to all your clo- colleagues in all your clubs. Thanks very much. Thank you.
0: Jerry, it's been a pleasure listening to you. And uh, the pleasure was certainly mine when we did meet in person. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you'll join us next week. We'll have our magazine version of on the show. Uh, So from myself, Mario O'Brien, from James and from Jerry, say goodbye and see you next week.